I hate the fact that it's cool to be black these days. Good. I hate this hip-hop fucking influence on white fucking suburbia. Good. And I hate Tabitha Soren and all her Zionist MTV fucking pigs telling us we should get along. Save the rhetorical bullshit, Hillary Rodham Clinton, because it ain't gonna fucking happen. Open our eyes. Every night, thousands of these parasites stream across the border. Over two million illegal immigrants bedding down in this state tonight. million dollars just to lock up a bunch of illegal immigrants, criminals. There's nothing funny going on here. This is about your life and mine. On the Statue of Liberty, it says, give me your tired, your hungry, your poor. Well, it's Americans who are tired and hungry and poor. And I say until you take care of that, close the fucking book. going on and I don't see anybody doing anything about it. And he fucking pisses me off. This isn't our fucking neighborhood, it's a battlefield.
Welcome to the Eagle's Nest with your host, John Fashcroft. What's up, family? How's everyone doing tonight? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Eagle's Nest. A late episode of the Eagle's Nest. A fucking G. <laughs> A late episode of the Eagle's Nest. Uh, it's your boy, John Fashcroft. The Kilo will be with us in just a minute. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Yeah, we had all kind of problems. Uh, all kind of problems tonight uh, with the internet. I was getting the show ready for tonight. And uh, as, I'm, as I'm copying my notes over for the show tonight, the fucking... My shit locks up, and it won't fucking, uh, I go over to try to upload my image to, to create the stream on fucking Odyssey, and <clears throat> Odyssey won't fucking load, and, uh, I look down, and the fucking internet's not working, the fucking internet's all fucked up, so I don't know what happened, the internet dropped out for like an hour, uh, but now we're back up and running. Well, now we're back up and running. About 10 minutes before the fucking show is about to start, fucking internet decides to shit out. Uh, but yeah, how's everyone doing tonight, man? I hope everybody's well. hope everybody's been having a good week. There he is, Brother Akila. How are you, brother? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to squeeze it in. Uh, big hails to Brother Night Nation. He was uh, gracious enough to help me out a little bit. He's going to scoop back and uh, let a player in a little bit. <clears throat> so thank you very much, Brother Night Nation. One second, guys. Holy shit. <clears throat> My audio sounded far away because you had the volume turned. <laughs> Sorry for uh, clearing my throat and y'all's here, guys. Uh, hopefully we got that all worked out. All right, guys. What's up, family? Smitty. What's up, fam? Night Nation. There he is. What's up, brother? Rock. Yeah, the internet just got fucky. Uh, we, I, I was bitching at him on the fucking telephone. We got a technician <laughs> supposed to come out tomorrow. I have to call and cancel that because they couldn't figure out what was going on either. So they tried to put a fucking, uh, technician out. Yeah, I had you, I had you muted, Akilah. Sorry, guys. Yes. Uh, say hello, Akilah. Oh, hey, what's up, everybody? Rachel Greens, Chad, Rachel Greens, John. Glad to be here. I was telling John how retired I am, but now I'm going to not tell that story. Keep it to myself. <laughs> Bounded by God. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. No, Bounded by God says, weird seeing you on YouTube. You said nigger like five times before you realized where you were, before you remembered. Yeah, I feel like such an asshole for that. So I went on with Southern Nordic last night. He asked me to come on. Yeah. And uh, we get to just rapping, talking, you know what I mean? And I'm me, and I'm just being me. And <laughs> I had said like nigger four, I guess like four or five times <clears throat> before it clicked to me like, oh shit. We're on YouTube, dude. I am so fucking sorry. Because I don't want to get his channel struck. You know what I mean? He uh, he has a good channel over there. He worked hard. You know what I mean? On that channel. And then here I come like a fucking bull in a china closet. Fucking screaming nigger all over YouTube. We need uh, a three second delay for you, man. <laughs> yeah. And a fucking beep button. Beep. Yeah. yeah uh, beep, I yeah. told him to send it to me. I have a way to edit that shit out with beeps and shit. I've got a. I have a way to do that. But he just said, "Fuck it. I'm just gonna upload it to Odyssey." Uh, it was a good conversation. Though. I love Southern Nordic man. It was awesome uh, hanging out with him. Good little. I was trying to get to it, man. I was sorry. I was sorry. I missed it. I haven't been able to. Couldn't get to it then. Haven't been able to get to it since. But I'm gonna try. I did a similar. I'm good sorry, vibes. what's up, bro? I didn't. You guys got good good vibes. You but you have good chemistry with. Uh, 
Southern Nordic. It's a great listen. Yeah, it's my boy, man. Uh, I did a similar thing uh, on White Rabbit Radio, <laughs> and I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's probably why I haven't been asked back on. <laughs> uh, Horace is a great guy. He's been on my show. I've been on his show, but um, as uh, he had me come on his show back in 2021, I think. And actually, no, it was 2020 because it was in the lead up to the election. Because uh, that's how I got myself in trouble. I mean, I swear it wasn't maybe 15 minutes into the show, dude. I mean, we had just got started. And he asked me my thoughts on the election. And at the time, at this time when I was on uh, White Rabbit Radio, the big uh, argument, right, the big debate going around was, do you not vote? Do you do like the accelerationist vote and vote for Biden? Or do you hold your nose and vote for Trump kind of a deal, right? And uh, he asked me kind of my thoughts on it all. And I was like, you know, I don't remember exactly what I said. That show's still out there on his channel, so you can find it. Uh, but uh, I said something to the effect of, um, I'm no fan of Trump, but the last thing I want is to be ruled over by some vengeful fucking niggers. <laughs> and I like, said it all aggressively right on fucking White Rabbit Radio, on D-Live and all that shit, man. So I'm I'm good at shitting the bed on... <laughs> on these fucking guys. Channels, man, fuck man. Man. I, I like it. Keep it uh, keep doing it. <laughs> he said maybe not when it's Nordic. Maybe not when it's Nordic. Uh, Way Rabbit makes he he goes for a lot of cash when he does his thing, which like God bless him, he's good, but if you he, if he's gonna be doing that, then I think you can fucking drop some ends and whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Um he's got an interesting story, man. He and I talked about his story on uh I actually need to see if I still have that interview that I did with him or if it got lost. I think it may have been lost in the Trovo band with a, like five other great shows. But uh, when he and I, when I interviewed White Rabbit, we got into his uh, mentor, Bob Whitaker. And I don't know, that's, that's not his name. That's not his name. Ah, what is it? Is it Bob Whitaker? I don't know. His mentor, no, he has a mentor. We talked about this was a couple years ago or a year or so ago. It was, yeah, two years ago. Uh, he and I talked about it, and his mentor, uh, I forget his name. I'm pretty sure it was fucking something Whitaker. Anyway, he was like uh, an intelligence guy, right? Uh, like, um, I don't know if he was intelligent or, or just rich. But he 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 rubbed elbows with uh, the intelligence types. He's got a real fucking interesting story, man. I need to see if I can find that fucking interview. Uh, yeah, it is. It is Bob Whitaker, Rock Against Communism. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Dude's got a crazy fucking story, and he was the guy who coined the mantra, right? The the White Rabbit Radio mantra. You know, uh, Asia for the Asians, Africa for the Blacks. Uh, your white countries for everybody else. That whole deal. Yeah. Uh, that was the thing that was like put together by Bob uh, Whitaker, and I really wonder if I can find that because they have like a whole thing. Like he had a whole thing. Like the dude uh, was really trying to build like this badass coalition to uh, uh, what was sort of disseminate basically uh, pro white talking points. It was really interesting conversation, really fascinating shit, and that's where uh, Horace got his start at. Uh, if any of you guys ever watch his show live, send him a chat in there and ask him about it. It's a fascinating fucking story, man. It really is. Hey, Jack Handy, thank you very much. He says Bob Whitaker is correct. I thought so. But 
now, so hey, here's cool. where I'm getting... good shit. I, I was just kidding. Horse good shit. Uh, well, here's uh, what I'm wondering. This is what threw me off when I said Bob Whitaker. Isn't that the guy who wrote Behold a Pale Horse? Right? Am I getting that? Do you know what book I'm talking about? Uh, I'm not. I'm not familiar with that one either. So Behold a Pale Horse is like a fucking. It's like the conspiracy nuts Bible, right? And it was uh, here. I'll find out. See who's written. I sort of know the William Cooper. Okay, that was William, William Cooper. Cooper. Okay, yeah. William Cooper. Okay, so that's okay. Two completely different people. So yeah, Bob Whitaker was him. All right, right on. Uh, anyway, so let's get let's say what's up to everybody. We got to get into the content because we got to get this done. Interesting shit to talk about tonight, guys. Uh, we got to get done and get out of Night Nation's way. So uh, yep. here we go. Uh, Jack Handy, thank you very much, brother. I really, really appreciate that. Uh. And yeah, Bob Whitaker was correct. Uh, Rock Against Communism. What's up, brother? He says the mantra. Yeah, I actually um, recorded uh, an audio recording of the mantra and had a video and all that shit for that show. God, I wish I could find that. I need to dig through all my shit to try to find that. What's up, Rock Against Communism? How you doing? Bounded by God. How you doing, brother? Rock. What's up, Bubba? Richard Wagner or Wagner, however you want to say that. Uh, What's up, brother? Nigger, 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 white power. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's my ideology. <laughs> yeah. Crow Kraut, what's up, buddy? Rock, what's up? Mario, what's up, fam? Uh, Midwest HVAC, what's up, bud? How you doing? Love the name. Uh, I almost did HVAC, uh, but I chose electrical instead. Str uh, Straight Raw, what's up, brother? Uh, Night Nation, what's up, Bubba? Bounded by God. Smitty, what's up, Bub? Uh, Pilgrim, Daddy's Data, what's up, family? How are y'all doing? Wow, Just, what's up, buddy? Uh, Abe Froman, what's up, Bubba? What's up, Tay? How you doing, fam? Pagan Bear, what's up, brother? Uh, Johnny Reb, what's up, brother? How you doing? It's electrons and shit, yeah. <laughs> Remember, keep that rubber off your feet so you can shoot thunderbolts from your fingers, nigga. Uh, CC Francis, what's up, Shing? How y'all doing over there? Splash, what's up, family? Uh, Carbon Fiber, what's up, Bob? Yeah, Bill Cooper wrote Behold a Pair of Horse. I don't know why I got those two confused. It's weird. It's kind of similar. Uh, and Dale, what's up, brother? Uh, Trey Zantian says, just wrote this to PayPal. You attempt to steal people's money with your revised user agreement via thought crime or speech crime, which neither exist in the USA. You're cowards, thieves, and Bolsheviks. I have nothing more to say to you. Good day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that's an interesting fucking thing they got going on there, man. Uh, be careful fucking with PayPal. I don't know. Uh, I, I just wouldn't fuck with them at all if I was you, <clears throat> uh, Trey. The Vern, what's up, bro? Who else we got here? Now I can't tell if we're at the top or not or where we're at. But what's up, Shane? How y'all doing, family? All right, let's get on with it. Uh, before we do that, oh, shit, that SOB. Thank you very much, brother. Jack Handy and Crow Kraut says, Fash, give me the link to this. I'm assuming that was to the video at the beginning. Hit me up on um, Telegram, and I'll send you. I don't have a link to it, brother. I just have the raw file downloaded. Uh, so hit me up on Telegram, and... Uh, I'll send you the raw file. Tuber, what's up, brother? Are you in here? I see people saying hail to Mr. White Tuber. Let me scroll up. 
What's up, Tuber? You want to jump on for a minute? If not, uh, it's all good, brother. I know how it is. I know sometimes you just like to hang out. But uh, if you want to jump on, you're always welcome. I'll send the thing over, and then we're going to get on into the... Uh, as the... As the um, <clears throat> Intro video implied, we're going to be talking about both Negroes and Jewish people today. And we're going to start with our favorite uh, Simeon uh, subjects. <laughs> we're going to start with our favorite Simeon <laughs> subjects. Uh, something I've actually kind of talked about a little bit, but it's been years, man. It's been years since I've done these uh, this little subject. But uh, we'll start with your video, and then we're going to bounce back and forth. So let me get all this shit. Uh... Let me get all this shit ready to go. Let me present this to you. Bang, bang, bang. All right. There's that. Now we're going to start with this one. We're going to start with this one. Let me get, grab this. Yeah, we've got a series of videos here, chat, that we're going to fucking go through. But we're going to start with this one. We're going to start with this one. <clears throat> and uh, we're going to just kind of go through a couple different examples of this, I guess you could say, huh? I guess that's a, that's a good way to put it. Lately, uh, we've been going in really hard on uh, the uh, African-American population. Last two shows has been pretty much BTFO for ends, like forever, you know? <laughs> like they're done, uh, you know? And this is more of that. It's pretty intense. Uh, this, this actually... Uh, this little segment we're going to do here actually deserves its own show. And I, I actually, I think it was with White Israelite was the show I talked about this shit. Uh, I think it was the show I did with White Israelite called uh, Music as a Weapon. And uh, we played a bunch of clips, uh, shit like this. Uh, yes, yeah, straight raw. Yeah, we're going to do, we're most likely going to do the UFC tomorrow. Uh, there's like an 85% chance that's going to happen. Maybe even a 90% chance that's going to happen. Uh, barring anything weird happening, like I have to work super late or anything like that, yes, it's happening. So, uh, yeah, let me go check right here real quick. All right, let's do this thing. Let's watch this. This is just a little short, so it won't take too long. And then, uh, then we'll carry on. All right, let me make sure everything's ready. Right, here we go. Here we go. I'm gonna tell you a story, cause I ain't really trying to put niggas out there, right? But a nigga in the studio, we we from the hood. I used to stick niggas up, bro. Baby face, I used to book niggas. So I I'm always on point, bro. I'm, I'm on point right now, my nigga. Facts. Always on my square. But a nigga that's a square, he don't know. Yeah. So he don't know, watch your drink. He don't know. So now he drink behind a nigga. He get he get drugged. They rape this nigga. They, they, they rape this nigga, videotape it. Then when he in the meeting, they give him a shitty contract. They play the video of him getting fucked by like three niggas. He ain't never been through no shit like that. So he like, man, <laughs> what, fuck it, I'm just going to sign. And you going to give me money? And here's the deal. I'm sorry, but there's, he's leaving something out here, bro. He's leaving something out here. He's pretending as though, oh, uh, these niggas get drugged. And then they get butt fucked and wake up the next day, you know, and, and they don't know until they get until they're, it's time to sign a contract. Like, dude, if you get fucked in the ass, you're gonna know. You're going to know immediately upon waking, uh, upon opening your eyes. You're going to know immediately upon moving. You're going to know unless you are just used to getting fucked in the butt, right? I mean, like, there's no way you could be raped. 
as a as a heterosexual man, there's no way you can be raped and not realize it until a bunch of fags pull out a video of you being fucking butt fucked by a bunch of niggers. That's right. Like there's you, no you way just, like that can be a hospital. secret. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, brother. You'd be in the fucking hospital from your ass blowed out. She's like, ah. So rather rather than get that story put out, he's going to sign that bad contract, which is the 360 deal. He's going to take that advance, which is recuperable anyway. So they're going to give him the money just to take back and own the rights to his shit. Look, I'm going to tell you a story because I ain't really trying to put niggas out there, right? But a nigga in the studio, we, we from the hood. Yeah, I want to run it again. I used to stick niggas up, bro. Baby face, I used to book niggas. So I, I'm always on point, bro. I'm, I'm on point right now, my nigga. Facts. Always on my square. But a nigga that's a square, he don't know. Yeah. So he don't know, watch your drink. He don't know. So now he drink behind a nigga. He get, he get drugged. They rape this nigga. They, they, they rape this nigga. Videotape it. Then when he in the meeting, they give him a shitty contract. They play the video of him getting fucked by like three niggas. He ain't never been through no shit like that. So he like, man. He don't remember doing shit like that, so he like, man, bullshit, nigger. Bull fucking shit. Niggers are gay, huh? <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he willingly got butt-fucked at the party. He was so happy he was going to get a record deal, he let these, 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 these fucking Negroes and Jews run a fucking train on him. Huh? And then he, what, what happened was this homosexual Negro let these Jews and, and, and gangbangers run a fucking train on him not knowing he was being recorded, right? right. That was the surprise. Right. The surprise was, oh, fuck, you recorded that, my nigga? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was the fucking right. surprise. He knew he got butt-fucked. You don't... Get... That's absurd. That's just an absurd notion to, 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 to uh, insinuate that a man was drugged so heavily that he got fucking raped in the ass and didn't wake up and immediately realize what had happened. The camera's the, the, the surprise, though, for sure. Yeah. yeah, just get the fuck out of here with that. And so there's uh, here's another uh, cl uh, little piece I want to play. This is a little bit longer. Uh, or no, here, you've got another one from the same guy. Let's, let's get this one from the same guy, and then we're going to get into the Ali Vegas one. Uh, boom. Yeah, I'm surprised this dude's talking like this, but anyway. Oh, no, dude, it gets, dude, it gets, so this is why I watch a lot of the fucking channels that I watch, because you get nuggets like this, right? Yep. You get, you might have to watch an hour and 20 minutes of niggardry, right? But you'll get, the, you know, 30, 45 minutes into the conversation, they'll get into some, some real, real esoteric niggardom, right? They'll start yeah, talking yeah. about rituals and shit that they seen inside fucking recording studios, and you get niggers like Crunchy Black talking about fucking meeting the devil and like fucking all and Fat Joe talking about fucking gay mafias and just all kinds of fucked up shit. Uh, the Jews have really done a fucking number uh, on the music industry. It's this isn't something that's uh, that's um, uh, only in the in the Negro music uh, realm, right? All musicians go through this. All musicians are fucking sexually abused and and have their soul snatched. Every fucking one of them. Every fucking one of them. I don't want a label playing with my life. Mm -hmm. Facts. Facts. That's, that, that's real. That means nah. playing with... Okay, because... Because I'm going to expose... That means playing with your butt. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
No, listen, because, no, I'll be honest, look, this ain't in general because I feel like a lot of people, like, I had like two record deals, right? Mm-hmm. And they wanted your butt? Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 no, wait, 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 Fifty big tough gangster nigger <laughs> wanted wanted to fuck this man in the ass <laughs> to get a record deal. Nothing, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, you ain't blink. Jesus, okay, I'm sitting back. Like, Yo, who would you when they wanted listen, your butt, bro? Listen, hold on, look. What's his name? What's his name? So because it's not even funny. I'm keeping it real, right? It's not even funny now. He said because I don't. want so there's this, right? So this is all this guy, right? This is one dude t- talking all this shit, right? Yeah. Uh, the game. This guy, the game right? Is known for that shit. Uh, oh, the the rapper, of the game is known for. Yeah. Oh yeah, he. Yeah. You yeah. can the tell that. The game is gay. You can tell that's a gay. Don't he have a fucking yeah. butterfly tattooed on his face? Yeah, some shit like that. Yeah, yeah he's uh, a but, fucking. I mean, even the way the game, his mannerisms, right? His like his mannerisms, his body language, you can tell. That that's a fag nigger, right? Like like Mike Tyson, right? Mike Tyson is one hundred percent a homosexual negro, one hundred percent. You can tell by the way he moves and and the way he talks and his mannerisms and how he's fucking so emotional. Uh, yeah, do you remember? Do you remember when he popped off on stage yelling at the dude, say this is where he ends with the line, "I'll fuck you till you love me." Whole... <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. yeah, dude, he has a whole diatribe. I got, I got to go try and find that for you now. He's got a whole diatribe. Like he goes off like crazy, like, and it's he's talking basically like, like it's very clear that he's done this before. Like he's telling the guy's gonna rape him, like oh, right straight shit. out in the crowd in front, in front of a whole bunch of people. I'm gonna find it. Hold on. Uh, while he's finding that, I'm gonna kind of give you all the backdrop to what's going on here. So this guy, that's uh about to be talking about these um tupac was homosexual as well what's up uh uh boomer tech how you doing brother uh tupac was gay as fuck as well i've uh showed that before too we might have to try to find that uh that clip so the clip of him with like the weird uh gumby cut and he's like talking like a faggot and talking about he can't understand why guys call women bitches and like oh he's a total faggot but um so what's going on here is this is a guy by the name of ollie vegas uh i actually have been aware of Ali Vegas since I was like a fucking teenager. He was in, uh, I first saw him on HBO actually as a teenager. So HBO back in the day had a thing called Blaze Battle. It was a freestyle competition that they had on, uh, I'm sorry, not MTV, HBO. And uh, he uh, was on there and he was like hyped to be like one of the best like rappers there and all this shit, right? He had all this hype behind him. And then he just fucking disappeared, and nobody, you know, and uh, you know, uh, nobody really understood. Like in the rap scene, right? Fans of rap really understood where this guy went. He came, he had all this hype around him, and then he just disappears. Well, years later, down the line, uh, this comes out, and we find out why he disappeared. So he's gonna explain uh, how all this goes down. Look where we at in 2017. Did you think that niggas would really be wearing dresses and beads in their hair and all that shit? Nah. <laughs> no way. No, listen. No way, shape, or form. Like, but I mean, I understand, I understand it. it. Yeah. Because 
You know what I mean? Like like anybody will tell you, like, when it come to this when it come to this right here, I'm one of the greatest, you know what I mean? So it's like and that's what that's what made like I guess made the Escos even scared of because it was like he don't just sound like us. He's got to acknowledge himself. That's what I'm saying. They're like he don't just like Yes. Uh never apologize. You're absolutely hundred percent correct. Uh, idea was a little, I believe he was actually Jewish, but a little white kid uh, that won the Blaze Battle. Um, yeah, I remember him as well. Yep. You know, it's not, it's not just a voice thing. It's like... What's up, Bubba? He killed himself, didn't he? Idea did? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, pretty this sure. This young motherfucker got his shit together. You know what I mean? Like, And it's like... And that's the thing where it's like, I could see it coming because what they did was say, you know what? Music now, like I tell people like music now, what they did was they they, they flipped it on us. Okay. He's they made, they turned music all more greater. Yeah. So what they doing with music now is like, here, cracking the too. 80s. Fucked up. It's going to fuck up your generation. So that's what it is. It's cracking the 80s. You know what I mean? And it's like. None of them is really, like, ain't nobody really standing up for it. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. What, in, in your opinion, what do we do? Because, you know, I be going on my We got to start holding people accountable. That Not only that, and we got to stop fucking. Hold on, I'll uh, find uh, it. Silence, doggy. They already, listen. No, I, but that's what I'm, listen. They already trying. But trying. that's what I'm trying. Yeah. But that's what was happening. Like, yeah. like I'm not with it. Okay, so here it goes. We gonna have to silence doggy. But, right. but that's what's gonna happen though. If when people start, they gonna be like, "Yo, we gonna have to silence doggy." They already listen. No, I, but that's what I'm listen. They already trying. But try. that's what I'm. Yeah. But that's what was happening. Like, yeah. like I'm not with it. When they, you know what I mean? Like they, what they do. So he's explaining why he never got a major record deal. That's what he's saying. Like, they're going to have to silence Doggy. And then, like, I'm not with it. Was he's they, talking about the reason he could never get, he never got signed to a major deal. And he's about to get into it right now. This is what they do. Like, and they know what they do with the artists is easy. They send the stylist at them first. Yeah. Yep. And if the stylist is like, if the stylist report back and be like, oh, he ready. Then they invite you to the party. So you see how that went there? Did you catch that, Akila? Did you catch yeah. what he said there? So he said, what he's saying is they'll, stint, they'll send the homosexual stylist at you first, right? And try to put you in like some weird gay shit, like bell bottoms or a belly shirt or some tight ass fucking short, small shorts, right? They'll try to put you in some gay shit. And if you're willing to do it for a paycheck, if you're willing to put on the tube top, right? If you're willing to put on the fucking goddamn coochie cutter shorts, you're ready to go to the party, right? You're ready to be butt fucked. Is basically what it's saying. Like this person is 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 able to be primed, right? That's mm -hmm. what that lets them know. If you put on the fucking the fucking halter top, huh? You're ready to go. Party, and that's when they be like, "Yo, look, when you go in here, it's gonna be some." You know what I mean? It's a, it's a nigga at the door. Okay, at, now yeah. look what Ali <laughs> Vegas is doing to you right now. He's giving you. The game of how these niggas be getting turned the fuck out in this yeah, shit. Like, they try to put this tight ass shirt on you. That's what they do. And if you wear the shirt. They like, oh, he ready. He he with it. That's you telling them like, yeah, I'm ready. And then next thing you know, you get invited to the party with the greeting is the man squeezing your dick. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Wow. That's how niggas shake hands in the music industry. They just grab each other's dicks.
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, Terry Crews said that. Remember yeah. the big buck nigger? Terry Crews is like everywhere I went, the gays was just grabbing on my dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm telling them, like, yo, son, like, it's so crazy because I used to always tell them, like, my cousins would be like, yo, son, like, you that guy, like, why you? I'm like, bro. I don't want it that bad. So, all right, let's keep it a buck. Did you did you actually see niggas get twisted to the other side? You go to that, yo. You go through that. You go to that party. Like if you ain't turning around, and you see everybody, you you seeing everybody. (laughs) You ain't turning around. I mean the thuggest niggas. You see them walking. You like. You in the parking lot, like on your way out, like yo, son, that shit crazy. Yeah, yeah. And they like, oh, I know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like. Oh, I know. He's like, hey, dude, it's crazy. They're butt-fucking people in there. <laughs> Fucking these gangster dudes. Like, yeah, I know, son. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so fucking hilarious, man. All these fucking people worshipping these dudes as, like, these badass gangsters, listening to their music, actually thinking these are fucking dangerous dudes. They're all being butt-fucked by some fucking... 110 pound AIDS infested fucking homosexual fucking stylist. <laughs> yeah, you got a spit roasted by Jews. Ah, uh, fuck. Yo, nah, that's just some wild shit. Nah, nah. You know I'm saying? just gonna go check it out. Like, <laughs> I'm just to check it out. Like, we coming down the hill, like, yo. Like, yo, bro, like, yo, this is facts. Like, for years, like, so my cousins used to be like, yo. What's up, like, JQR like, code? So then what happened was, I mean, my cousin Sherm. You know what I mean? My cousin Chafal. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he was... Sherm is your cousin? Yeah, Sherm. You know Sherm? Sherm the word? I'm talking about basketball, Sherm. Oh, no, no. I was talking about the Queensbridge dude. Nah, he not from Queensbridge. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, yo. But I was telling him, I'm telling him like, yo. He like, yo. He like, yo, big. Whatever he started. Now, he started doing his... You know what I mean? He started doing like, you know, modeling or whatever. I mean, he was... Macy's everything. He rocking that, you know what I mean? He rocking. He got everything. Macy's. I mean, boom. He about to be he about to be the next Tyson Bradford. Like okay. like lined up, like contracts lined up. Boom. The next matter of fact, they had he he had he had he had about like boom, he had a six million dollar contract, you know what I mean? Like for do the law and orders. Mm. You know what I mean? Boom. So you hear what's going on here? Uh Real quick, I want to respond to uh, Vivek. Vivek. Vivek says, makes Tariq Nasheed's fantasies about buck breaking a bit more realistic now. It's only it's not whites doing it, it's Jews. Wait till the second half of the show. We're going to get all in. We're going uh, we're gonna to talk all about uh, things that Jews did that whites got blamed for. We got some interesting shit to talk about on the second half of the show. But what's going on here is he's saying his cousin was uh, 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 a, ma- a male model. And he got a uh, a deal to be an extra in all the Law and Order shows. He was going to be in the movie or in the TV show Law and Order, and he also got some sort of deal for uh, like some magazine, right? And uh, he's about to talk. He's ta- telling about the uh, signing party that his cousin got invited to right now as a male model. Law and Orders and all that. So the night before. So the night before that, the day before you signed the contract, they was going to celebrate. Like, yo, Tyson. Come to like, one of them parties. Tyson, I'm like, yo, we're going to go celebrate. Right? <laughs> Tyson Beckford is who he's talking about. He gets to the party, whatever, rocking. So Tyson, like, yo, whoop, you, you ready for the mall? Like, 
it's gonna change your life, you know what I mean? But he like, yo, before we do that, we gonna go in this room. Like, Whoa. Like he like, this is you know what I mean? You see he see everybody going in there, he like he like, yo, we gonna go in this room, like you might gonna see some so then he's like, What? So it was like it was like like three or four of them, you know what I mean, three or four of the you know what I mean, the, the next top people, whatever. So someone was like, yo, he like Left all that shit on the table. He called me like, he called me like, yo, I, I'm so sorry. I'm like, yo, what? He like, he like all this time, like I was just thinking you was making an excuse. Mm. You know what I mean? Like making an excuse why you not on top or why you know what I mean? <laughs> His cousin didn't believe him. His cousin didn't believe that you had to be butt fucked to get a fucking deal. And uh, until it was time for him to get his deal and go get butt fucked. So, yeah, I guess his cousin walked away from his deal as well. Uh, and I'm telling you, man, I thoroughly, thoroughly believe that you cannot make it into that industry without being butt fucked. I'm serious. Yeah, I, I actually believe I mean, that. Yeah, even in country music and stuff, I think yep. these Jews own every record label, so there's no way around this. And here's another one right here. Before we go to break, here's one more. We're I sent get. you that Mike Tyson video, by the way. Check your telegram. Awesome. All right. As soon as I get this up and running, I will. Boom. Here's another one. What do you think about the, the Mr. C charge? When you pled guilty. Yo, last time. Mr. C's a legend, man. More power to him. I don't know what his situation is. I ain't looking to the case. I'm not copping out either. Mm -hmm. I ain't looking to none of that. Did that surprise me to the millionth percent when I heard it? But what once again, whatever his preference is, it's up to him. You know what I'm saying? I ain't here to tell nobody what they do or what whatever the kid, what's right or what's wrong. This is a homosexual. Look at his mannerisms. He's fucking gay. This man has been butt fucked, right? He's sitting here. He, he's gonna sit here and try to to uh, act as though he's exposing something, right? But he made it. Right, he made it to the upper echelon of of superstardom in the late '90s, early two early 2000s. We asked. Uh, I remember I interviewed Mayno, and I asked him uh, if he would ever do a a song with a gay rapper. Mm -hmm. And what he said was, he's pretty sure that he already has. <sighs> do you think that you? I'm know pretty song? sure. I'm pretty so sure you, I've done. Do you think I've, you've I've, done songs with gay yeah, rappers? Yeah, I think I've done songs with gay rappers. I'm pretty sure that. I'm pretty sure that. <laughs> you don't have to name names. I'm pretty sure the football niggas is gay. The basketball niggas is niggas is gay. It's millions of gay. <laughs> there you have it, right from the fucking horse's mouth. Niggas is gay, bro. <laughs> the football niggas is gay. The basketball niggas are gay. Niggas are just gay, guys. <laughs> In the world, young girls too. Like, we, you know, they just, for some reason, once again, I'm not a fan of that shit either. I'm a fan of, yo, I'm gay. What the fuck? <laughs> like, 2011, you got to hide that you're gay? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, be real. Like, yo, I'm gay. What the fuck? If, if you gay, you gay. Like, that's your preference. You know? Fuck it if the people don't like it. In a, in a field like, like hip-hop, which is very, very it's homophobic. It's cool. It's the greatest. It's the greatest gay market in the world. Do you think that they'll ever be <laughs> out of the class? Hip hop is the greatest gay market in the world. It it's rapper? owned. The, the hip hop community is most likely owned by gay. To be honest, <laughs> with you. Do you think they'll be? They're owned <laughs> by gay. They're, I happen to think there's a gay mafia in hip hop. Right. Not rappers. You know right. the editorial presidents of magazines. Sure. The 
the the PDs at radio stations, the 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 people who give you award at award shows. The this this is the fucking gay mafia, my man. Right. Like you know what I'm saying? They are in power. So why wouldn't a guy come out? Boom! There you fucking have it, dude. It's also Jews. It's also Jews, right? Like it's the same. It's a synonym, right? One for the other. Well, yeah, one hundred percent. That's actually something we're gonna touch on in the second part of the show. Here is Jews and their uh, their repeated. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Offenses, I guess. Uh, in, with shit like this. Uh, sexual degeneracy, slavery, uh, sex trade, child trafficking, shit like that, right? It's always Jewish, right? It's always Jewish at its root, right? At its root, you know, like sure. I, like I've said before, like when we, it was it was actually when we were doing the the um, state sanctioned Satanism, where we were talking about Sabbatean Frankism and Aquino and all the the state run pedophilia rings and all that shit, uh. I was saying, God damn, what was I just talking about? J-shit. Uh, oh, yes. Okay, yes. Insofar as there are white people involved in this shit, right? Because there are. And right, you can't deny that, yeah. right? There are uh, shitty white people involved in degenerate shit, right? Child abuse, uh, human trafficking, the drug trade, all of this shit, right? But insofar as that's true... It's a Jewish brainchild, right? They are infected by a Jewish mind virus. All of these things that uh, white people get themselves tied up in at their root came from Jews, right? Came from yes. the minds of Jews, right? So, yes. With that yeah, being popularized, popularized by them as well, you yes. know, like like AstroTurf put on, put out there, champion, pu publicized, yeah, champion, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And with that said, guys, we are going to go to break. And on the other side, uh, we've got some really interesting shit to talk about. So I you want really... to throw that Tyson video up before? Oh, we go? dude, yes, I want to do that before we go to break. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm sorry about that because that's uh, no, yeah, we can't, yeah, that, it's a that's... good outro. It's a good yes, little yeah, outro. Exactly. Yeah, that's the the icing on the cake for Fat Joe. Just fucking basically saying all niggas is gay. He he didn't say the boxing niggas, but he might as well said the boxing niggas. Right, he just, said, just, just before, before, <laughs> before, before we watch this, imagine you're about to sign a record deal, and then Mike Tyson walks in the room. <laughs> it's the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, straight up. Uh, here we go. I'm sure that's happened to people. I promise you this. Yeah, at Death Row Records, 100%. 100% at Death Row Records, they would have Mike Tyson come in and butt fuck a nigger before they sign before he signed his record deal. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> fuck you with your ass, you punk. Hey, that's a real nigger right there, huh? He ain't gay. He's just gonna fuck that faggot in his ass. <laughs> it's about power. That's a real nigger right there. It ain't gay. He's gonna fuck that little faggot in his ass. <laughs> Fucking niggers, dude. Eat your asshole a lot. All right, I'm just going to play this without interruption. I'm sorry. This is too good for me to be fucking <laughs> running my mouth. I'll eat your asshole, you fucking faggot bitch. <laughs> what? Fuck you, you hoe. Come and my face. Fuck you, ass for that. Everybody. 
monkey, bitch. Come on, you bitch. You scared coward. You got mad enough to fuck with me. You can't last two minutes in my world, bitch. Look at you scared now, you hoe. Scared of the little white pussy. Scared of the real man. Look at you scared now, you hoe. Scared of the little white pussy. Scared of the real man. I'll fuck you till you love me, faggot. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Uh, I'll fuck you till you love me. There was a, 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 a excellent one there. I'm going to run that back. That was fucking awesome. Let me find it again. He said some fucking amazing shit. Don't you want that straight jacket, you punk ass white boy? Come in, tell me if I fuck you in your ass, you punk white boy. He's all grabbing his dick. You can't touch me, you're not man enough. Yeah, you're not man enough. I'll eat your asshole. Yeah, that's what he says. You can't touch me. You're not man enough. Like, imagine stringing that 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 line of words together. You can't touch me. You're not man enough. I'll eat your fucking asshole. <laughs> Who says that? Like, what? Holy you. fuck, dude. You faggot. You can't touch you me. You're not man enough. I'll eat your asshole a lot, you bitch. Fuck you, you hoe. Come and say to my face. I'll fuck you till you love me, faggot. <laughs> Oh my God, man! Imagine like th that is, dude. But you know what? That that is further. I mean, obviously, we're playing that to prove that my to to like for, as further evidence that Mike Tyson's gave it. If you think about it, I mean, like that is just like the nail in the coffin because that is exactly how two faggots would argue, right? Yeah. That is exactly what one homosexual would say to the other homosexual, like, "I'll fuck you till you love me, you fucking faggot." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's Holy what, yeah. shit. 100%, yeah. If you're just two faggots queening out, attacking each other, that's exactly <laughs> how it sounds. Yeah. Fuck around, man. <laughs> uh, yes, Boomer, you have to play that in a set. Yes. I'll send you the video. I'll send you the link to it. You have to uh, sample this. I need to make drops of this. Oh, man. Anyways, guys, we're going to go to break, uh, and we will be right back. Thank you all very, very much for being here. I apologize for the late show. Uh, I appreciate y'all making your way out anyhow. Thank you all very much for being here. We'll see y'all in just a minute. Who owns us? Who can censor what I sing? Controlling politicians from powerful positions. They're pulling all the strings Who owns us? They love to keep us slaves Tell the truth about them You need to be so brave We're living in the USA No, it's not the USA No, it's not the USA, no. 
living in the USA. No, it's not the USA no more. No more. Do you pledge allegiance to the Israeli flag of the Jew United States of Jew America? I hope not. Because that's what we're living in, and it's time to make a change. The time is now. Joining us on the second half, we got Brother Night Nation. How are you, Bubba? Hey. Hey, it's going fast. Doing well, man. Doing well. We're going to talk about uh, this, the slave trade a little bit. Uh, I'm hoping we're going to be able to get through all this. Uh, let's see. You mean, you mean that totally white, definitely Anglo-Saxon run slave trade? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, There is, you know, we can't uh, act as though we weren't at fault some, right? Uh, you know, there was a, a lot of... Uh, Dutch involvement specifically, right? Mm. Uh, but they were also a lot of Dutch Jews. So we're going to get into all that, though. But what's up, Cranky Cracker? How you doing? Uh, all right, let me get over here to my fucking notes real quick. Boom, boom, boom. All right, so uh, what are we going to say, Akila? There was also a lot of work to be done. You know, let's be real. Whites knew this. You know, so. Oh, yeah, and it's one of those things where it was uh, just a normal thing, right? It wasn't. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't looked at as anything even weird until whites started. Uh, whites were actually the one. Yeah, that's a old talking point, right? That we were the ones that actually. But it actually was the British that first uh, took up the moral case to abolish slavery. It was. I mean, that's just a fact. Yep. You know what I mean? Just a fucking fact. I mean. Yeah, it was just practical in the beginning, though, right? You, you need some work done. Here's some cheap labor. Yeah, it's, it's like the Democrats are still doing this shit. So let's not pretend like fucking. It, it's not a normal thought process. It was also a different morality at the time, right? Like people didn't think of these people as people. They thought of them as beasts of burden. It was not like a, it was, you know, we're trying to project the morality that is now like the global homo present onto the past. And it's just not what it was. Well, and yeah. I mean, even, even for the ones who didn't, uh, 
see them as beasts of burden. And that was a thing, right? Uh, they saw them as, a lot of them saw them as the beasts of the field. And apparently our, our buddy Rashad Jamal agrees with those people, right? They're pre-Adamic men, <laughs> men that don't have DNA. But uh, there were also, I mean, there's also the fact that, like, slavery was just a thing, right? It was just a thing. White, black, fucking Indian, Mexican, it was just a thing, yep. right? You might get jammed up and your ass might become a slave, right? I mean, that was just a fucking thing that happened. Uh, but the, the interesting thing about this, what I, what I'm really going to focus on, or not, I guess not a lot. There, there was an interesting group of Jews that I'd never heard of before. Uh, the Rahandites, Ron, Ronites. Have you heard of these people? This, this sect of Jews? That's a, that's my first time hearing that one, but yeah. I'll wait to hear the story. Yeah. yeah so, same. uh, so basically to, to kind of give you an idea of how long, Jews have been dealing in slavery with the blacks and just dealing with niggers in general. Uh, so Jews living in Sina, Yemen, were known to have traveled to Ethiopia as early as 500 BC. So Jews were in Ethiopia. Jews from Yemen were in Ethiopia in 500 BC. They ended up intermarrying with African women and becoming the ancestors of the Lima tribe, whose descendants continue to practice Judaism uh, to, to this day. Uh, and that particular tribe went on to build something called the Great Zimbabwe. It was a medieval stone fortress uh, in the 11th century. Uh, so Jews have had a, a, a tie to Africa since 500 BC, at least. Um, uh, so to get on into it, here, let me find this thing right here, and I'll pull it up. And we're going to read from this right here. Like that. And... This is what pushes Kanye to be talking about how he's a Jew. And, uh, you know, and if you're adding the admixture into Africans, it makes them smarter, just like, you know, in America. So Yeah, it makes them more yeah. of a fucking problem. Okay, let me go over exactly. here to Telegram real quick. I'm going to have to pull this out of Telegram. I guess it's not in my fucking notes. I can't find it. But I know it's in Telegram for sure, so I'll grab it real quick. Yeah, Rodinites. It's the first time I've heard that one. Yeah, dude, they're real, a real interesting fucking group of people, man. Um, A real fucking interesting group of people. All right, so... Cool hats, I guess. Wizard hats, I don't know. <laughs> Not really. All right, so here it goes. Um, <clears throat> so basically, uh, in the early 1600s, they were trying to establish colonies in North America. Uh, the One of the first colonies they sent out was the Roanoke, right? Everybody's heard of the Roanoke colony. It disappeared. Nobody knows what the fuck happened to it. Uh... It was chartered uh, by Sir Walter Raleigh in what is now North Carolina in 1584, and it failed. Then there was Popham County, uh, established in New England, or what is now considered Maine, in 1607 by the Plymouth Company, uh, while the Jamestown Colony was also established in 1607 by the London Company in Virginia. So these are all shipping and trade companies. London Company, Plymouth Company, uh, <clears throat> there's, I think there's another one in here and that'll, these conglomerates will make sense and why they're important here in just a minute. Uh, so where are we at? Bam, bam, bam. Also established by the London company. Okay. And so the Jamestown colony survived uh, established in 1607 by the London company. And that one survived. It was a small settlement. Uh, 
but because of the failure of the Popham colony uh, that was abandoned, shares for the Plymouth Company held by its stockholders plummeted, right? So the, the value in the company was 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 dropping in the Plymouth Company. Uh, and then there, since that was happening, since Plymouth Company was, was dropping off, a group of uh, financiers come together and they started calling themselves the Company of Merchant Adventurers. Now, the Company of Merchant Adventurers was like heavily influenced, infiltrated, and worked hand in hand with these. Um, now, let me get this up. These Rahadanites or Rahadanites. It's R H A D A N I T S. Jewish. Uh, they were Jewish um, slave traders and just traders from. Uh, all throughout that time, uh, they were um, in Persia, they were in um, ba- near Baghdad, uh, and they ended up dealing with uh, the Europeans. Um, <clears throat> uh, they spread, uh, they were liaisons between worldwide spread Jewish communities uh, entrusted with the connect collection of communal donations for every delivery to the I don't know what the fuck that word is. Uh, it was basically Palestine and uh, Babylonia. Halakic scholar. They were Halakic scholars. Yeah. Halakic. H-A-L-A-C-H-I-C. Whatever that is. Halakic scholars uh, who headed to the great centers of learning to which all the Jews aspired to send their sons. Right. So these were like uh, rabbis. Right. Uh, High ranking rabbis that they, all these Jews wanted to teach their kids. Uh, they, yeah. Um, they also brought uh, sages for the law, ritual, and textual exegesis. Uh, they returned with uh, whatever these things are. Uh, these mercantile messengers created the world's first credit system. They became the conduits. Yeah, they became the conduits of credit through which many nations conducted business through time and space. Letters, <clears throat> letters of credit were issued on one continent. Or letters letters of credit issued on one continent would be surely and securely and securely honored months later. There were worldwide uh, wise couriers who had entry into royal courts and were commissioned by kings to carry out royal diplomatic missions. You know, me and Southern Nordic were just talking about this last night. How for centuries, white elites have sold us up the river to these fucking Jews. Over and over and over again, uh, to gain favor with these Jews for credit and and money lending and and things like that. Um. So uh, the Rodnites set the standard for Jewish. Uh, I'm just gonna say the Rodnites. I don't really know how else to pronounce it. So they set the standard for Jewish international trade everywhere. By the way, I'm getting this from a Jewish fucking website, uh, History or Hebrews History Federation. Is where J I'm for J. This. Yeah. Uh, so this isn't like some weird conspiracy website that I'm getting this from. This is Jewish fucking, uh, these are Jewish, uh, sources, right? Is that the word I'm looking for? It's Jewish sources. Yeah. That I'm using here. Uh, and now I fucking lost the damn thing. Son of a bitch. Where was it? Bam. All right. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, so those were the people. I'm sorry, that's it. The Rodanites um, uh, were the ones who uh, ended up uh, working hand in hand with the what is it? Fucking 
merchant trade, I can't, adventurous merchant skilled or whatever the fuck it was called. It's some uh, company of merchant adventurers, right? Uh, so those two worked hand in hand uh, to, to move slaves all throughout the Caribbean. Jews were, uh, Dutch Jews in particular, were real heavy in moving uh, slaves throughout the Caribbean. Uh, and we're going to get to that shit here in a minute. Uh, but this is just establishing, what we're going through right now is just establishing how they were getting over into the U.S., right? And then we're going to actually track back and get into some other things. But so uh, it was a cur- the company of merchant adventurers that the group of religious dissenters known as the Pilgrims went looking for, went looking to, or went to looking for, I'm sorry, excuse me. It was the company of merchant adventurers that the group of religious dissenters known as the Pilgrims went to looking for financial backing, indenturing themselves to them as colonial laborers in return for the merchant adventurers covering the cost of their chartered passage to the New World, where the Pilgrims had hoped to settle on a tract of land that they had obtained on a charter for Virginia from the London Company, having having at their disposal of earnest and willing laborers who had indentured themselves as colonists, the company of merchant adventurers saw the opportunity to buy stock in the failed Plymouth Company of New England at a bargain, and then developed a colony in New England using the pilgrims as the colony's laborers. So basically they bought the pilgrims uh, from another company, right, and sent them on their own charter. So the, the pilgrims originally were set to uh, charter for Virginia, but that company was going under, so these fucking Jews bought that company, and uh, by way of that, or by proxy, I guess, whatever the fuck you want to call it, uh, ended up, the, the pilgrims ended up indentured to them, right? So they sent them up to uh, New England. So it says here, uh, <clears throat> the failed Plymouth Company of New England, they bought, they bought the failed company, Plymouth Company of New England at a bargain, and then developed a colony in New England using the pilgrims as co- the colony's laborers, which meant that the pilgrims ended up being settled not in their intended destination on the warm, fertile shores of Virginia, but hundreds of miles to the north on the cold, stony shores of Massachusetts. Thus, New England was established by means of the unscrupulous, conniving deception of ruthless, manipulative Jewish financial speculators. By 1621, a Jew by the name of a Eli- me raise this up a little bit by 1621 a jew by the name of elias legrand or lagarde arrived in jamestown virginia aboard the ship abigail having brought over from france by antoine bonnell to have been bought have having been brought over from france by antoine bonnell to assist in the winemaking industry begun by some of the early colonists of virginia in 1649, a Sephardic Jew named Solomon Franco arrived in Massachusetts from the Netherlands as an agent of, <clears throat> as an agent for, excuse me, Emmanuel Parada, a Jewish merchant based in Holland. Franco had been sent to Boston to deliver su- supplies ordered by Edward Gibbons, a major general in the Massachusetts militia. When <clears throat> Franco attempted to collect payment from Gibbons for delivering the ordered goods, Gibbons refused, saying that he had already paid Franco's employer. Emmanuel Parada for both the merchandise and the cost of shipping. The Massachusetts General Court ruled on May 6th that, or, uh, May 6, 1649, that Franco was to be expelled from the colony, granting him six shillings per week out of the treasury for 10 weeks for sustenance until he can gain passage to Holland. Uh, apart from their involvement in the company of, apart from their involvement in the company of merchant adventurers, Jews owned 
controlling stock in the Dutch West India Dutch West India Company, which sent 200 Jews to colonize Brazil uh, in 1642. By 1646, <clears throat> approximately 1,500 Jews inhabited uh, inhabitants resided in the areas of northeastern Brazil, controlled by the Dutch, where they were established two congregations and employed the first rabbi in the Americas. Among <clears throat> the members of the governing body of the Dutch West India Company were wealthy Sephardic Jewish merchants who had become shareholders in the venture, having contributed more than 60,000 guilders to the colony's initial capital. By 1658, these included Abraham Isaac Pereira, uh, Andreas Christoffel, Nunez. Uh, you'll notice a lot of these uh, names are Spanish because they're, they're uh, Monero or Moreros or whatever it's like to call They're conversos. They're conversos. Yes, yeah, Sephardic Jews. <clears throat> yeah, uh, there's a name for them. We'll get to them here. Moreros or Moneros or some shit like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh... Abara, Isaac Bueno, Benito Osorio, Joseph de Acosta, Luis Rodriguez de Sousa, uh, Balth Alvarez Noarga, Joseph de Boiso or Boy de los Bois, Rui Gomez, Fontera, Aaron Chamez, Donis, Genis Diego. Holy fuck. That's a huge name. Whatever. Uh, the foregoing names are indicated as Jewish by a different style of writing, <clears throat> other than the names on the list in the nineteenth. In other than other, the foregoing names are indicated as Jewish by a different style of writing than the other names in the list. The sixteen fifty six list having the word Juden or Jude opposite the names of Peria, Nunez, Buenos, and Osario, and the latter list in sixteen seventy one. Mentioning some of the other names of those Jews. Names as those of Jews, excuse me. For March 1671, the following names occur under the heading Hebron or Hebrews. Abraham Isaac Pera, Simon Luis Rodriguez de Souza, uh, Aaron Shamin Vaz, Jacob de Pinto, uh, Geranimo Nunes de Costa, Jacomo, Fernando Oriza, and Abraham Cohen. Uh, all right, so that's the... So where here we go here. Um, West India's uh, company's colony in New Amsterdam is in what is now New York in 1655. The Dutch, the Dutch governor of New Amsterdam wrote to the board of directors asking for, for permission to expel Jews from Amsterdam, from the Amsterdam colony because of their unscrupulous trade practices which were hurting Gentile-owned business in the colony, and directors of the Dutch West India Company <clears throat> told whatever the uh, Stuyvesant that there was nothing they could do, that the Jews were to be allowed to stay because the Dutch West India Company was controlled by Jewish stockholders, having been presented, prevented by ordinance issued by the governor from a, Engaging in in the domestic economy, the Jews quickly discovered that the terribly inhabited the territory, excuse me, inhabited by the Indians would be a fertile field. There were no laws preventing the Jews from trading with the Indians. In nineteen fifty in 1656, a Sephardic Jew named Jacob Lombroso arrived in Maryland, establishing himself as a plantation owner, merchant, Indian trader, and medical doctor. By 1661, Asser Levy, a Dutch Jew who owned who a Dutch Jew who arrived in New Amsterdam uh, 
Oh, I'm sorry. It says a Dutch Jew arrived in New Amsterdam. <clears throat> and then we get down to <clears throat> Jews in the, in the slave trade. Real quick, I do want to do this, though, before we get into it, because I did not uh, read this real quick. I did not read this real quick. I do want to get down here and read this thing about these. Uh... Rod Knights. Uh, I gotta find yeah, that's interesting because that's not the same group that we were just describing, right? Uh, so the no, what we were just describing now were Jews that were working with the Plymouth Company, the Dutch East India Company, and um, fuck, I'm forgetting the other company. The the Rodenites were the Jews who were working hand in hand with the um adventurous merchants or whatever the fuck they were. I, I, yes. I don't have it right in front of me right now. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So what's going on here? I guess if if it hasn't been real clear, um, what's going on here is uh, so these Rodenites or whatever the fuck you call it, they were Jewish um traders trading mostly in. Slaves, and that's why I'm trying to find this thing right here from this certain. Uh, but they were doing it in um, over there on the, you know, in Europe, Mesopotamia, and in the Caribbean, right? Heavily involved in the Caribbean and in Europe and in Mesopotamia, and they were the ones working with that uh, whatever it's called. The fucking. I'll go back up in here and find it. I don't know. I can't ever remember the name of this fucking thing. Uh, merchant, yeah, Company of Merchant Adventurers. There it is. They were working with the Company of Merchant Adventurers. Yeah, son of a bitch. That was way up there. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about um, two different sects of Jews that are going to come together here in a minute. You'll see it's like a pipeline, right, is what's going on, right? So you've got these you've got these Rodenites or whatever. They, they are establishing the, the trade. And in this thing I'm finding, it, it specifically says they're trading in like eunuchs, uh, little boys, Young women, uh, right? That's like what they're trading in, right? This specific group of Jews. And they are the ones that set up the world's first credit system. And they were using that uh, as a part of the slave trade, right? And they were specifically specifically trading in like eunuchs, young boys, and young girls, right? I, and that, that was something I read from this, uh, this Jewish website. And I'm trying to find the exact fucking um, part of the article right now. You know what I mean? But it's... I gotta find it real quick. So let's be go here. Yep, here it is, right here. Okay, well, let me go down here. Jewish diaspora. Yeah, this is from Jewish Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. There it is. All right. So Jewish traders left for China laden with Western wares, uh, with a variety of exotic Eastern products, turquoise, blah, 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 blah. Okay. The Book of Roads and Kingdoms written by Ibn Kurd... Golly. It's Ibn... I-B-N K-A Kur... Dahibth. Kur Dahibth. Manager of the Postal and Informational Services of the Providence of Medina. Describes... 
the Ro, uh, the Rahadi, God damn it, the Rahadnites as um, uh, men who speak Arabic, Persian, Frankish, Andalusian, and Slavonic. They travel from east to west and west to east, both land and sea. From the west, they bring adult slaves, boy slaves, eunuchs, girls, brocader, beaver, and pelts, uh, stables, and sores. They sail from the land of the Franks onto the western sea and set far out for Afurna. Um, there they transport their merchandise by a pack animal to the somewhere on the Red Sea. Uh, blah, 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 blah. He just talks about their trade routes from there on out. Uh, but yeah, he, this, this historian guy right here, he is, um, what was he, the, the manager of the postal and informational services in the Providence of Medina, right? That's who, uh, described them as that, as men who spoke Arabic, Persian, Frankish, Andalusian, and Slavonic and traveled from east to west, then west to east by both land and sea. And brought with them eunuchs, adult slaves, boys and girls, uh, orcade and beaver pelts, stables and swords. So that's what these people did all up in all over the European continent and in Mesopotamia and all throughout the Caribbean. They traded basically in fucking child sex slaves, right? And any men that they took, they cut their dicks off, right? They made them eunuchs, right? Uh, so that's the the Rodinites. Um. Then getting back over here, uh, so that established how that all all that all the fucking Jews got into America through these different trading companies, and now we're going to grab this right here. All right, uh, so how the slaves got to America? Columbus was accompanied by Moranos. That's their name, <clears throat> Moranos. That's their fucking name. Uh. I don't know what the fuck I was calling them earlier, but Moranos is their fucking name. Let me go back and check. The You're pretty out. close, sir. Yeah, I can't remember what the fuck I was calling them, but Moranos was the name. Maybe Tim Marrero or Monero or something. It's pretty close. Yeah. Uh, so here we go. Let me get this back up here. Son of a bitch. Why do I keep losing these? That's why. All right. So... Columbus was accompanied by five Moranos, Jews who had forsworn their religious and supposedly became forsworn their religion, excuse me, and supposedly became Catholics. Louis de Torres, an interpreter, Marco the surgeon Bernal, the physician Alonso de la Cali, and Gabriel Sanchez. Gabriel Sanchez, abetted by four other Jews, sold Columbus on the idea of capturing 500 Indians and selling them as slaves in Seville, Spain which was done. <clears throat> Columbus did not receive any of the money for the sale of the slaves, but he became the victim of a conspiracy fostered by Banal and the ship's doctor. Uh, Columbus suffered injustice and imprisonment as his reward, betrayed by the five Murano Jews who had trusted him and helped him. This, ironically, was the beginning of slavery in America. The Jews wow. were... Huh? Wow, that's wild, right? Yeah, yeah, and then it, it what's crazy what makes it even more crazy than that is a Jew is like the star witness in what actually got fucking slavery for life codified in America as well. It's fucking wild shit. Uh the Jews were expelled from Spain in August 2nd of 1942 and Portugal in 19 or, sorry, 1492 and Portugal in 1497. Many of the Jews immigrated to Holland 
where they then helped set up the Dutch West Indies Company to help exploit slavery in the New World. Remember, we were just talking about the Dutch, Dutch West India Company and how it helped bring Jews over here. Uh, so now we've got, what, two different, yeah, two different sources for this. Uh, in 1656, the first Jew, Jacob Berenson, or I'm sorry, Bar Simmons, I'm sorry, Jacob Bar Simmons, immigrated from Holland to New Amsterdam, which is now New York. In the decade, in the next decade, he and many more, or I'm sorry, in the next decade, many more followed him, settling all along the East Coast, principally in New York, or I'm sorry, New Amsterdam and Newport and Rhode Island. Uh, What's his fault? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry, Newport, Rhode Island. Those are, that's one place, yeah. Uh, they were prevented by ordinances issued by governors. This is what we just talked about earlier. This is some other shit. Uh, they were talking about this in that other thing I just read in my other notes. Uh, from uh, Jews were prevented from engaging in the domestic economy, so they started trading with Indians, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the first Jew to begin trading with Indians, Indians was Haman Levy, who imported cheap glass beads, textiles, earrings, ar- textiles, excuse me, earrings, armbands, and other cheap adornments from Holland, which were traded... For valuable fur pelts, Haman was or Haman Levy was soon joined by the Jew Nicholas Lowe and Joseph Simon. Lowe conceived with the idea of trading rum and whiskey to the Indians and set up a distillery in Newport, where these two liquors were produced. Within a short time, there were twenty-two distilleries in Newport. Fucking <laughs> uh, twenty-two! These fucking Jews come in and immediately open up twenty-two fucking distilleries. Uh, every time you find shit like this, like this, this, this social rot. Right, these 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 elements of social rot. It's always some fucking scurvy Jew rubbing his hands behind it. Uh, all of them owned by Jews. All twenty-two of the distilleries in Newport were owned by Jews. Uh, the story of the debauching of the Indians with this resilient massacre was uh, was the, was this resultant massacre of the early settlers in a dramatic story itself. Uh, here's some. Here, let me pull this up. Let me get this over here. So this thing right here. Uh, let me get to where I was at. There we go. All right, there we go. Boom. Uh... $1,200 to $1,250 for Negroes. Damn, that seems like a lot of money back then, huh? You had to be a rich motherfucker to buy a nigger back in, huh? Son of a bitch. 1200 bucks in the fucking 1500s? You get a pretty nice dog for about 1250 now. That's, that's the 1800s, I'm sorry. But still, still. Uh, so, yeah. <clears throat> it's essential to comprehend the, sea, the seaport of Newport. It is important in order to recognize that Jewish shares in slave commerce, there was a period when it was commonly referred to as the Jewish Newport World Center of the Slave Commerce. Altogether, you know, at one point in time, they were putting, uh, they were giving, um, they were putting slave auctions on hold, like postponing them, in order to to not have them interfere with Jewish holidays. <laughs> All right, so so in order for the, the, the slave auction to not interfere with the Jewish holiday, they would postpone the slave auction so the Jews could make it. Uh, Incredible, of course. Yeah. At this time, 
there were in North America six Jewish communities, North uh, Newport, Charleston, New York, Philadelphia, Richmond, and Savannah. There were also many other Jews scattered over the entire East Coast, although New York held the first held first yeah, held first place in the settlers of Jews in North America. Still does. <laughs> Still fucking does, huh? Uh Newport held second place. New York also has the main source of kosher meat supply in North America. Blah, 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 blah. Um, all right. And to conclude, it finally came to the main... Uh, finally, it finally became the main center of s- slave dealings. It was from this point that the ships left on their way across the ocean to gather their human cargo and then deliver... and then derive great sums of money for their exchange. Uh, an authentic contemporary report based on an authority indicates that of the 128 slave ships, for instance, unloaded in Charleston within one year, uh, 120 of these were un, uh, undersigned by Jews. God damn, of 128 slave ships. Unloaded in Charleston within one year, 120 of these were undersigned by Jews from Newport and Charleston by their own name. About the rest of them, one can surmise, although they were entire, entered as Boston 1, Norfolk 2, and Baltimore 4, their real owners were similarly the Jewish slave dealers of Newport and Charleston. So they were seeing even the other boats that weren't technically signed for by Jews were just like a... Uh, uh, you know, like shit, like those boats were under like a shell company, right? Does that make sense? Right? They had like a phony name, right? Uh, one is able to assess the Jewish share of the entire dealings of, of the Newport if one considers the undertakings of a lone Jew, the Portuguese Aaron Lopez, who plays an important part. Uh, I actually had a picture of that guy. You can pull this guy up. Yeah, I was waiting until they'd said his name, that fucker. He's the reason we get blamed for all this shit. Yeah. Um. And most of the reason there's tons of niggers in America. Fucking arsehole. Think about the damage they did with all this shit. And then they still oh, deny it today. They, they, they'll they just gaslight you and pretend you're crazy if you mention any of this. Even though it's very well documented. Very well documented. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's astonishing how well documented this shit is. Because, I mean, like... As I'm going through, I mean, like this right here, the politics of pluralism in North Rhode Island. It's just telling you right there. That's where it was at. Uh, and like everywhere you look at this, look for this shit. Uh, as I would like grab something and try to like cross reference it and look it up, you would keep finding, keep finding, keep finding shit. That's how I came. That's how I found the fucking Rodenites or whatever the fuck their name was. Was from cross referencing the uh, Adventurous Merchants Guild or whatever the fuck it was called. I don't know why. I cannot. I don't know why I cannot remember the fucking name of that thing. But you guys know what I'm talking about. Holy shit, Finkelstein! Thank you very much, brother. I needed that. Uh, I will make sure and play that video. I promise you. Thank you very much. Uh, so yeah, here's that fucking kike Aaron Lopez. I was trying to get a fucking picture of him on here. Uh. The 18th century Jewish merchant, Prince of Rhode Island. This motherfucker, dude. Uh, why can't I just get a fucking picture of this fucking Jew up here? There we go. That's good enough. All right. So now let me get back over here to my notes. Uh, 
Who that fucking fish? A rat fish. Yeah. Just a nose that can't wait to be fucking broken. You know what I mean? Just a nose that can't yeah. wait to be fucking broken. Yeah. I'm just begging you. Fucking like a, devils. Just a bonsai right in the fucking middle of his ugly grill. Absolute devils, man. Just absolute devils. Uh, okay. Portuguese Aaron Lopez, who plays an important part in the all-over story of Jews and slavery. Uh, concerning the entire commerce of the colonies and the, and the latter state of Rhode Island, which included Newport, bills of landing, concessions, receipts, and port clearances carried the signature of one name, the Jew Aaron Lopez. This all took place during the years between 1726 and 1774. He had therefore more than 50% of the dealings under his personal control for almost 50 years. Aside from that, there were other ships which he owned but sailed under other names. In the year 1794, the first Masonic Lodge was established. 90% of the members of this first lodge, 14 all, 14 all told, were Jews. Like I've told y'all before, Freemasonry is just Kabbalah for Gentiles. That's all that shit is. Freemasonry is just Kabbalistic magic for fucking non-Jews. Said it before. Yep. Uh, Constant refrain. Yeah. Always the fucking team. It's amazing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. First and Freemason Lodge was Jewish. Uh, 90% of the 14 members were Jews. Uh, and one knows that only the so-called prominent individuals were accepted. 20 years later, the second Masonic Lodge, King David's Lodge, was established. And it, it is a fact that all of the members of this lodge were Jews. All of the members of the King David Lodge were Jewish. Jesus. Sure. Uh, in the meantime, Jewish influence in Newport had reached such prominence that President George Washington decided to pay them a visit. Upon his appearance, both of the Masonic Lodges sent an emissary, a Jew named Moses Sexius, Sexius, S-E-I-X-A-S, Sexius, Sexus, Sexus, however the fuck you say that, uh, to approach the president with the petition in which Jews of Newport stated, if you will permit the children of Abraham to approach you with a request to tell you that we honor you and feel alliance. And then, and, and then until the present time, the valuable rights of a free citizen have been withheld. So I guess this is Jews speaking in weird Jew speak, trying to get rights. I, I don't know. I don't really. Let me run that back. What the fuck? Uh, I, I didn't really understand that. I, maybe I read it incorrectly. A Jew named Moses Sexius. They sent a Jew to approach the president with a petition in which the Jews of Newport stated, if you will permit the children of Abraham to approach you with a request to tell you that we honor you and feel an alliance, and then, until the present time, the valuable rights of a free citizen have been withheld. However... Now we see a new government coming into being based on the majesty of the people. A government not sanctioning any bigotry. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> These fucking cocks are talking about bigotry in the goddamn fucking 1700s. Fuck me, man. Jesus. Unbelievable. Nor, uh, not sanctioning Trade. any bigotry nor persecution of the Jew. What were you saying, brother? Trading fucking slaves. Non-stop yeah. trading, fucking <laughs> buying and selling niggers, and fucking petitioning the government on bigotry. These yes. fucking greasy, fucking type, but yes, dude, wow, fucking absurd, man! Holy 
fuck? Uh, I mean, this is the kind of shit you can do when you have zero fucking morality at all. I mean, except to each other, but not to everybody else. Yeah. I wouldn't even think of, of like, I couldn't even get that far in my head, bro. Okay, I'm going to fucking buy some <laughs> hey, niggas. And, is... then, and then I'm going to, but, but, but like, I know these white dudes are fucking tough dudes. So I'm going to fucking send a letter to their president about like being racist. This is what the, the fuck? This is the Jewish equivalent of telling a guy you're going to fuck him in the ass and then calling him a faggot. <laughs> this is the Jewish equivalent of telling a man you're going to fuck him in the ass and then calling him a faggot. Yes. Holy shit, what, man. What, what kind of fucking <laughs> like, devil magic is this, man? It's crazy town. Yeah, it says here, uh, the petition by Moses offered to President uh, Washington was in the name of the Jews of Newport that was not really in the type of freedom which they had in mind. They were merely concerned about themselves and their own civil rights, which had been withheld. Therefore, the following, uh, therefore, following the Revolutionary War, the Jews were accorded to equal rights and freed of all restrictions, and the Negroes, uh, the Revolutionary War notwithstanding, they remained slaves. In the year 1750, one-sixth of the population of New York was Negroid, uh, the population of the southern parts of the country outnumbered the others, but the proclamation of freedom did not touch them more. Uh, we'll get to that. It says more of this later. Uh, uh, okay, here we go. Let us follow the journey of one ship owned by a slave dealer, Mr. Aaron Lopez, which had made many trips from the African to the African coast. For instance... In the month of May, 1752, the ship Abigail was equipped with about 9,000 gallons of rum, a great supply of iron, foot and hand restraints, pistol, powder, sabers, and a lot of worthless tin ornaments, and under the command of the Jewish captain, Friedman, sailed off for Africa. There were but two mates and six sailors compromising the crew. <laughs> Imagine that. Fucking, what is that? Eight guys. Eight fucking guys went and fucking snatched a bunch of fucking slaves, dude. <laughs> Eight fucking dudes, man. You know what I mean? There were but two mates and six sailors to comprise the crew. Three and one half months later, they landed on the African coast. Meantime, there had been uh, an African agency constructed by Jewish slave dealers who had corralled them and prepared them for sale. So the Jews were over there. Remember we said earlier, Jews have been over there since 500 BC, building these networks, getting all this shit ready. Uh, you know, building this supply chain. And by the time these guys get over there, that's why it only took eight of them, right? By the time they get over there, these other Jews already got them like in cattle cages ready to be thrown on the ship, right? They just yeah. got to come pay the money. It's like a drug deal, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they come with the bag already ready. It's like in a fucking duffel and they just, yeah. It's like a fucking those drug managers deal. Are, those are just the managers, those eight. They already got all the all the fucking workers. Yeah, they're, they're over there in Africa. Yeah. God damn. Uh, you know, there's one thing we got to learn about from these Jews boys is how to work together at this level. I mean, we know how to do that in our own in our own way, but like how to have that like relentless fucking in-group preference and like this massive like network building shit that they do. Yes. Like, doing it out, you know, like not just a decade in advance, but fucking like half a century in advance. And it need and we need to get it second nature, right? Mm -hmm. Uh so you'll see this with like uh Africans, Jewish, even Mexicans, you'll see this mostly with all nine whites, right? When they see their racial brethren in trouble, they will snap to his defense, regardless of the situation, right? Yeah. Anytime there is any sort of racial conflict, non-whites will immediately snap to the defense of their racial brethren, no matter what the situation is. They won't even ask questions, right? They will immediately snap to the, the, to the defense 
of their of their racial kin because it's ingrained in them, right? They still have that racial uh, connection to one another, right? They still have that that uh, collective consciousness that they share between one another. We just got to rebuild that, right? We just got to rebuild that. Uh, the trip. They play a long game, you know. They play the long game, like the e- e- evil knows how to play the long game, and um, you know it's it's high time, you know, we shake off the cobwebs, you know, let the scales fall from our eyes, you know. Yeah. All right. So let me get back to this. Uh, we talked about Gabriel Sanchez uh, capturing the Indians and selling them as slaves. Back, uh, uh, or Gabriel Sanchez talking Columbus and those guys talking Columbus into grabbing those slaves. And um, yeah, Gabriel Sanchez abetted by the four of the Jews sold Columbus on the idea of selling 500. Yeah, we covered that. Uh, in 1654, the first Jew immigrated to Holland. We got that. Hyman Levy, we got that. We got that. We got that. I got to get through all these fucking notes. All right. 900 gallons. First infantry. Okay, yes, here, here we were. Okay, uh, they landed off the Atlantic coast. Meantime, there had been an African agency constructed by the Jewish slave dealers who had corralled them and prepared them for sale. This organization, reaching deep into Africa, had many ramifications, including heads of groups, villages, etc. The method to win over the leaders for the Jewish slave trade was similar to what they did uh, to what the Jews had employed with the Indians. At first, they presented them with rum. Soon, they soon found themselves in a drunk delirium. Uh, when the gold dust and ivory supply was exhausted, they were introduced, uh, they were induced to sell their descendants at first, their wives, then their children. And then they began warfare among each other, plotted and developed mostly by the Jews. Does that sound fucking familiar? They would fucking, they would rape these people of all their fucking resources. Then they would convince them to sell all their wives and children. And then they'd fucking coax them into a war with each other to finish them off. It's exactly it, man. That's the, Fucking parasite methodology right there. I mean, and dude, it's 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 astonishing when you when you read up into when you read into this shit, when you look into the shit, it's astonishing how it's always the same thing. I mean, and there's not yeah. there's not even like a, a derivation to it, right? There's no mm-hmm. there's no like change in it. It's the exact same fucking thing every fucking time. Yeah. It's, it's just weird, a group evolutionary man. strategy playing out, you know. It, it just manifests. They don't. I don't think they even think about it. I don't think no. they're able to think about it. It's, it's just an algorithm. Yes, yep. brother. It's yep. an algorithm. It's a genetic algorithm that runs through Jews. Yeah, biologically predetermined. They're evil yeah. as fuck, and don't don't wonder why they hate us. We can resist their shit, right? Think of like what they have to do with OxyContin, mm-hmm. for example, right? What they have to take, find the most addictive possible crazy shit synthesize it down to the most accessible possible manner and then give it to the doctors that we go to to like be healthy just to try and like attack like our 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 purity right we can just resist it we just exist in the world with this bullshit and we and we still thrive we're not even aware that's going on and it's a little bit it's kind of naive but at the same time it's so good and they're so evil that like they they the hatred right like people say that we have hate 
right? But this is a this is a projection of of something that you couldn't possibly imagine the depths of, like the hate that that the devil has, the hate that Satan has, like they're that they're his representatives on this earth, and that long game they play, that evilness, is is his will acted out through their DNA. They're sick. Ours is nothing compared to theirs. Even just the general like fucking mundane hatred is nothing. Their hatred of the Gentile is fucking amazing. It's pure, you know, you know. It's righteous and indignant, and and it's it's the hatred of 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 the things that 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 you know the the that Satan wants for us that that evil would have have for us, and 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 uh, yeah, it's it's holy ultimately, you know. It's and it's our nature, so it's equally biologically predetermined, like, like an ability to commune with God in in a, in a true way. You know, these are the chosen people, but the chosen people of their God is the devil, right? Yahweh, right? So, you know, uh, it's like, you know, it's good versus evil, racist versus pedos, all that shit, you know, always has been. Yeah, 100%. Uh, all right, so it says here, women under 25, pregnant or not, resulted in the same measure if they were well and comely and over 25 years, they lost 25%. And here it should be stated that Negroes purchased at the purchased free at the African coast for 20 to $40 were then resold by the same slave dealers in America for $2,000. So these Jews were buying these fucking slaves for $20, 20 to 40 bucks and coming back over here and selling them for fucking thousands of dollars. hundred percent profit off a nigger. Yeah. Uh, this gives one the idea of how the Jews managed to acquire such tremendous fortunes following bargaining. Captain freedom paid the bill. Either merchandise or cash. He also called some advice in which Jewish employers gave him as he left for Newport. Pour as much water into the room as you possibly can. In this manner, the Negro chiefs were created, were cheated two times by the Newport Jews. Uh, let me get this one other thing open, and I'm going to run through this real quick, and we're going to get out of here. I am actually going to just come right off of this. Boom. And this shouldn't take me but maybe five minutes to read. And this is actually just a... a uh, a little synopsis of it, I guess. So, huh? Okay. All right. So, uh, according to an interview given by Orthodox Rabbi Lodi von de Kamp, the Jewish, uh, to the Jewish Telegraph Agency in 2013, money was earned by Jewish communities in South America through slavery. It went on then to Holland where Jewish bankers handled it. In one area in one area of what used to be Dutch Guyana, 40 Jewish-owned plantations were home to a total of at least 5,000 slaves, he says, known as the Jodensvon, or the Jewish Savannah. And a, the area had a Jewish community of several hundred before its destruction and a slave uprising in 1832. Nearly all of them immigrated to Holland, bringing their accumulated wealth with them. They came with ships carrying African blacks to be sold as slaves. The, tra the traffic in slaves was a royal monopoly, and the Jews were often appointed as agents uh, for the crown in their sale. I think we covered a little bit of this earlier. They were uh, the largest ship chandlers in the entire Caribbean region, where the shipping business was mainly a Jewish empire. The ships were not only owned by Jews, but were manned by Jewish crews and sailed under the command of Jewish captains. The West India Company, which monopolized imports of slaves from Africa, sold slaves at a public auctions against 
cash payments. It happened that cash was mostly in the hands of Jews. The buyers who appeared at the auctions were almost always Jewish. And because of the lack of competitors, they could buy and sell slaves at very low prices. On the other hand, there was also no com competition in the selling of slaves to the plantation owners and other buyers. And most of them purchased on credit, were purchased on credit payable at the next harvest and sugar. Remember what we said earlier about the fucking Rodinites or whatever? They established the world's first fucking credit system, mm -hmm. right? Through the slave trade, right? So that's what I'm saying. If you pay attention to where all this lines up, you see, how, you see the thread through it, right? Uh, on the Caribbeans... Uh, okay. And that's hard, okay, yes, okay. Uh, purchased in credit payable and the next harvest of sugar profits up to 300% of the purchase value were often realized with high interest rates. On the Caribbean island of Curacao, Dutch Jews may have accounted for the resale of at least 15,000 slaves landed by the Dutch transatlantic traders. According to the Seymour, and remember when they're saying Dutch, they're talking about Dutch Jews. The same Dutch Jews that this Jew up here, uh, Lodi von de Kamp, said left uh, after that slave rebellion and went to Holland with their money. So he's, when, they're, when they're saying the Dutch company, they're talking about Jewish uh, merchants that started this Dutch uh, West India company. Um... According to Seymour Drescher, a Jewish historian at the University of Pittsburgh, Jews were so influential in the colonies that slave auctions, here it goes, slave auctions scheduled to take place on Jewish holidays were often postponed. According to Mark Lee Raphael, a professor of Judaic studies at the College of William and Mary, it was not until 1655 that slavery became a legally sanctioned institution in, North America, in the North American colonies. However, in that year... Anthony Johnson, a free, we covered this on the show a while back, actually, a free yeah, yeah, black Angolan who had been brought to Virginia as an indentured servant who had worked off his time uh, years earlier, went to court over the ownership of a black servant named John Kaser, who Johnson claimed ownership over, saying that Kaser had been sold to him as his slave for life. Corroborating his testimony in the case, was a Jew by the name of Captain Samuel Goldsmith. With the court deciding in Johnson's favor, legally recognizing John Kaser as a slave for life, setting the precedent for lifetime slavery ownership in the colonies of North America, a peculiar institution that Jewish seafaring merchants and traders found extremely profitable. By the time of the American Revolution, over 30 families could be found in Newport, Rhode Island alone. Bearing family names such as Lopez, Levy, Rivera, Saxius, and Del Toro, or De Toro, Gomez, and Hayes. In the New World, the Jews continued to engage in their long-established careers as the merchants and moneylenders, manufacturers and sellers of alcoholic beverages, and were the leaders, uh, and were leaders in the forefront of the slave trade, amassing vast fortunes in importing and importing and selling African slaves to colonial plantations. Some of the Jews of the Newport Charleston who were engaged. In the distillery or slave trade, or both, were Isaac Gomez, Heyman Levy, Jacob Mal Malhado, Naptali Myers, David Hart, Joseph Jacobs, Moses Ben Frank, Moses Gomez, Isaac Diaz, Benjamin Levy, David Jefusum, or Jeshufum, however the fuck you say that, Jacob Pinto, Jacob Turk, Daniel Gomez, James Lacana. John Desvitz, 
Felix de Souza, known as the Prince of the Slavers, second only to Aaron Lopez, Simon Porter, Isaac Elazar, Jacob Broad, Jacob Rodriguez Rivera, Haim Isaac Carragal, Abraham Toro, Moses Hayes, Moses Lopez, Judah Toro, Abraham Mendez, and Abraham A. Al. And this, the following, is a partial list of the slave ships owned by Jews. The Abigail, owned by Aaron Lopez, Moses Levy, and Jacob Franks. Now that piqued my antenna there when I read that name there, Jacob Franks. But apparently, oh, yeah. apparently that's not the same Jacob Franks, but it is curiously close to the same fucking time period, dude. <laughs> curiously fucking close. <laughs> but I can't find anything proving for sure that it's that Jacob Frank, right? So I'm just going to leave it alone and say it's not. But man, curiously close, especially when you think of things like all of the conversos, all of the crypto Jews, it's not uh, uh you know outside of the realm of possibility that this this motherfucking Jew says he dies and then jumps on a fucking ship and becomes a slave trader. I don't know, but I don't want to get too tinfoil. We've got actual hard evidence here, so we're gonna leave the the, the speculation out of it. Uh, the Crown, owned by Isaac Levy and Nathan Simpson. The Nassau, owned by Moses Levy. The Four Sisters, also owned by Moses Levy. The Anna and Eliza, owned by Justice Bosch and John Abrams. Prudent Betty, owned by Henry Kruger and Jacob Phoenix. The Hester, owned by Mordecai and David Gomez. The Elizabeth, owned by David and Mordecai Gomez. The Antigua, owned by Nathan Madison and Abraham Lael. The Betsy, owned by Wim DeWolf. Wolf. The Pooey, owned by James DeWolf. The White Horse, owned by Jean Desvites. The Expedition, owned by John and Jacob Roosevelt. The Charlotte, owned by Moses and Sam Levy and Jacob Franks. And the Caracal, owned by Moses and Sam Levy. That is fucking 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 fucking slave ships. Uh, slave runners, wow. also owned by the Jews, were the La Fortuna and the Hannah... Oh, I'm sorry, the La Fortuna, the Hannah, the Sally, and the Venue. So I guess these are just smaller, uh, like little slave vessels, not actual big ships. Uh, so yeah, all right, I'm almost done here, man. I'm almost done here. Uh, in 1710, a Jewish immigrant named Jacob Franks arrived in New York from London as he lived as a boarder in the household of Moses and Rachel Levy, later marrying their 16-year-old daughter, Abigail in 1712. Acknowledged as a linguist and a Judaic scholar, Jacob was the son of Adam Franks of Germany and friend of King George of Hanover, who loaned that monarch the most valuable Jews in his coronation crown. Jacob Franks was the British king's sole agent for the northern colonies at, the New, York, at New York, and his son David was the king's agent for Pennsylvania, an eminent wealthy merchant, uh, an eminent wealthy merchant, he engaged in the slave trade, privateering, general commerce, and shipping. He was also involved in the Jewish community and the construction of the Shinath Israel Synagogue, as well as president of the congregation in 1730. Frank's family was one of the leading families in colonial New York, not only within the small Jewish community, but also within larger elite uh, secular social circle comprised of prominent Protestant families. Moses Levy, 
brother-in-law of Jacob Franks, was born in New York in the early 18th century, was a prominent slave trader and, and merchant. Moses Levy of New York and Newport was one of several Ashkenazi Jewish families in Newport at the time. Levy lived in one of Newport's large colonial mansions at 29 Toro Street, which he willed to Moses Sexius in, 19, in 1792. So you see, not only that they're also, they know each other, right? They're working with each other. Like this Jew fucking wills off his house to this other fucking Jewish mm-hmm. slave trader, right? Come after him. He like, he willed off his, his, his home and, and ships to his predecessor, right? Uh, always stays within the tribe. Always. Yeah, always. Uh, yeah, keep on buying and trading them niggas. Swallow. Samson. <laughs> Samson Levy, a Jewish merchant living in Philadelphia, led a boycott in November 1765 against the importation of goods from Europe to the colonies by signing a resolution along with six other Philadelphia Jews in protest against a tax known as the Stamp Act. Aaron Lopez was born in 1931 in Lisbon, Portugal as Duarte Lopez to a Jewish family who had ostensibly converted to Catholicism in order to avoid deportation but secretly uh, continued to practice Judaism. Man, we hear that a lot, don't we? Yep. Don't we hear that a lot about these fucking Jews pretending to be Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at you, Laura Loomer. Looking yep. at you, Milo Yiannopoulos. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, to avoid deportation, but secure, secretly continued to practice Judaism. Lopez followed his older brother Moses to North America in 1752, where he immediately dropped the Christian name Duarte and took on the Hebrew name Aaron submitted to ritual circumcision and began openly living as a Jew, settling in Newport, Rhode Island, where his brother located a decade earlier. His uncle and father-in-law, Aaron established, like his uncle and father-in-law, Aaron established himself as a whale oil merchant and a manufacturer of spermaceti candles. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck that is, but... That's what it says. Yo, Fash, I gotta run, man. Thanks for having me on. I'll see you later. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to wrap this up and send him your way, brother. No worries. No worries. I gotta, Thanks I gotta for jumping go. on. I'll see you. All right, later, yeah, later, later, Akilah. In 1761, Aaron Jacob Roberts Rivera and seven other merchants formed the cartel to control the price and di- distribution of whale oil. That same year, he and Jacob Rodriguez Rivera purchased the Brigantine sailing ship. Named Greyhound, which sailed to Africa in seven in 1763, bringing back a cargo of 134 Africans who were also sold as slaves to fellow Jew Isaac da Costa in South Carolina. Four captains made 13 voyages to Africa, bringing back some 1,275 slaves between 1761 and 1774. Aaron Lopez underwrote 21 slave ships, and by the beginning of the Revolutionary War, he owned and controlled 30 vessels. Lopez soon assumed a vast fortune through shipping, the slave trade, candle making, rum, and chocolate uh, clothing, shoes, hats, bottles, barrels. By the uh, early 1770s, Lopez had become the wealthiest person in Newport, and his tax assessment was twice that of any other resident. Uh, How much further we got? Yeah, I think... I think we're almost done here. Yeah, because then we're getting into that. It's just mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing how they put this together. You know, nobody knows this fucking guy's name. Imagine that, right? Yeah. It's crazy. It should be in school, you know? 
There's yeah. fucking pub- public television on TV that taxpayers' dollars pay for. You know, you could have a nice documentary on this filthy fucking kike. Be great. I think um, think we got one more. I think we got one more. Okay, so here we go. Um, we got through all that, 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 that. All right. Jake Rodriguez Rivera, um, hailed from the Morano family from Seville, Spain. So uh, one of the original conversos, the Moranos, if they called him, he arrived in Newport via Caraco in 1748, where he became a prosperous uh, slave trader next to Aaron Lopez. Rivera occupied the highest position in the commercial, relig- reg- religious, and social life of Newport's Jewish community. His daughter, Sarah, married Aaron Lopez, and his son, Jacob, owned a grand mansion on the parade that is today located at 8 Washington Square. In 1747, Isaac DaCosta, a Sephardic Jew born in London, arrived in Charleston, South Carolina, where he established himself as a merchant, shipping agent, and slave trader who built a considerable fortune, bringing hundreds of slaves overseas from Africa. Isaac DaCosta had been initiated into Freemasonry and appointed a Masonic Deputy Inspector General by fellow Jew Moses Michael Hayes, and went on to establish the sublime Grand Masonic Lodge of Perfection in Charleston prior to, prior to his death in 1783. In 1756, Moses Lindo, a, a Sephardic Jew born in 1712, arrived in Charleston, South Carolina, where he established himself as a slave-owning planter and merchant, uh, in the indigo trade with London, Lindo imported 49 slaves from Barbados to his South Carolina plantation in 1750. At one point in his career, he ran an advertisement in the South Carolina Gazette stating that if any person is willing to part with a plantation of 500 acres with 60 to 70 Negroes, I am ready to purchase it with the money. In 1762, he was appointed Surveyor Inspector General of Indigo Drugs and Dyes. Arriving in Charleston, South Carolina in 1756, Moses Lindo's 20-year-old indentured servant, Jonas Phillips, who had been born Jonah Feibush in Frankfurt, Germany. After serving serving his term of indenture, Phillips first moved to Albany, New York. Uh, In 1760, Phillips had joined New York Lodge of Freemasons and served as Shohet, a ritual slaughter, and Bodek, examiner of meat. For the Sharif Israel, settling in Philadelphia just before the American Revolution, Phillips was such a staunch advocate of the non-importation agreement, and by the beginning of the Revolutionary War, he supported the cause of American independence, and in 1778, he enlisted in the Philadelphia militia. By the end of 1782, he was the wealthiest Jew in the city. He and his wife, Rebecca Mendez Machado, maintained their South Carolina ties through several of their 21 children. Uh, 21 Jews. Yeah. I think I think that's really it. We got Okay, yeah, we got Okay, Benjamin Mordecai of Charleston was one of the largest slave traders in South Carolina of his participation in the Civil War. The Boston Transcript reported that Mordecai had presented to his belligerent state and city $10,000 to aid the purpose of succession. 
with the officer. So this Jew's trying to add, he's trying to succeed so he can keep his fucking niggers. <laughs> uh, with the offer besides of a large number of Negroes to work in the cause. In 1857, he advertised in the Charleston Courier, prime field niggers and house servants for sale. They included coachmen and house servants, cooks, seamstresses, washers, and ironers. Tom, 25 years of age, John, 21, Libum, 24, Isaac, 22, LV, 18, Amelia, 22, Lydia, 40. Uh, he just goes on to name a shit ton of niggers. I mean, like a shit ton of niggers, a bunch of them. Plato, Lindsay. <laughs> he's got Playboy or Plowboy, Lindsay. I'm sorry. This He's got one nigger named Plowboy, Lindsay. <laughs> uh Yeah, Laborer Henry. <laughs> There's some funny fucking names in here. Sarah with child. <laughs> uh, all right, so, uh, yeah, as a merchant and sailor, Mordecai regularly shipped slaves to New Orleans between 1846 and 1860 and bought at least 102 slaves at Charleston's district uh, judicial sales in 1850. In 1757, Isaac Monsanto, that's an interesting last name, Isaac Monsanto, a Sephardic mm -hmm. Jew born in the Netherlands arrives in New Orleans by way of Coracao, established himself as a merchant and engaging in the business of shipping slaves and cargo from the Caribbean to the Gulf of Mexico. In 1767, Monsanto purchased a plantation known as the Trianon outside of New Orleans. By the time of the second Spanish governor took control in 1769, expelling the Jews from Louisiana, Isaac Monsanto had become one of the New Orleans wealthiest merchants under the Spanish rule. Monsanto was stripped of his holdings and forced to leave the territory, relocating to the town of Mancha near Lake Pontchartrain in British territory, where he was joined by his brothers, Manuel, Jacob, and Benjamin, while their sisters relocated to Pensacola, then part of the British West Florida following Isaac's death. Manuel, Jacob, and Benjamin Monsanto continued to manage their mercantile uh, firm, dealing not only in dry goods, but in uh, real estate and commodities, debt collection, and also slavery. Records show that Benjamin Monsanto traded 13 slaves for some 3,000 pounds of indigo in 1785, and by 1970, Manuel and Jacob had set up shop in New Orleans, while, other, while Benjamin and his wife Clara moved to a 500-acre plantation worked by 11 slaves on St. Catharines Creek near Natchez, Mississippi, where he was continued operating part of the family business until his death in 1794. The Monsanto Chemical Corporation was founded by John Francis Queenley, who married Olga Mendez Monsanto, daughter of Emmanuel Mendez Monsanto, a descendant of his family. So there you have it. The Jews who fucking were trading slaves also fucking poisoned our food. Imagine that. Fucking imagine that. Big shocker. But wow. Wow. So there you that's have that's it, guys. That one blew my mind. Crazy. Yeah. So there you have it, guys. There's a long kind of uh uh scatterbrained rundown of the Jews and the slave trade, but I hope it all come through pretty well. I hope it all come through pretty well. I hope you guys enjoyed it, I should say. Uh real quick before we go. Uh, Jews know that Jack Handy, thank you very much, says Jews know this history better than anyone. Their histories, it's their traditions, yet they shamelessly blame Aryans for the slave trade and, and try to pit blacks against us. 100%, brother. 100%. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Vivek says, thank you for sharing this information. It helps us put things into perspective. Yeah, uh, I hope I did it. Uh, I hope I did it in a coherent way that everybody could keep up. Um, and then we're going to see, uh, I'm going to see everybody out with this uh, video from Finkelstein. So before we get that pulled up, Brother Akila, do you have anything you want to say on the way out of here? Uh, only the usual, folks. Catch me at National Socialist Fitness Club. Um, you know, 3.0 lifestyle. Uh, that's about it. Thanks for having me again, John. And uh, we'll see you guys, uh, well, tomorrow, arguably, for a fight night. Yes, we will. We will be having UFC 6 tomorrow. Uh, that's what we're at, right? 6, 5, 6. six. Yeah. yeah, 6. UFC 6 tomorrow, guys, for sure. Uh, don't miss it. And also, I believe tomorrow, uh, Brother Night Nation is going to have Potato Smasher on. So don't miss that as well. It's been coming on right after us. So we will see you all then. As always, guys, thank you all very much for the support. Uh, thank you to Vivek, Jack Handy, Finkelstein, that SOB, and Crow Kraut. I really, really appreciate it, guys. And sorry for the late show tonight, Night Nation. Thank you very much for being patient with me. Sorry for going so far into your time slot. Thank you all very much for being here. As always, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Uh, one people, one struggle, family. That's the wrong black rapper? Oh shit. Thanks. To say, hey, call somebody out on bad business, that means you're being anti Semitic. So I feel happy to have crossed the line. La, la, yeah. la, la, wait till I give my money right. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I spent that on a necklace. I told God I'll be back in a second. Glucoids. Well, what a uh, interesting week. I don't like rap, but I don't follow pop culture. And I just learned who ye Yankee Echo is. Kanye West. I don't even know who Kanye West is. Apparently he's like a billionaire. Kind of a weird dude. If you maybe met with Trump, might have ran for president. I think he was married to a Kardashian. And my wife debriefed me on it, I already forgot. But I guess he confused the term defense condition or DEFCON with DEFCON. And he wants to go DEFCON 3 on Jews. I have no idea what the fuck that means because technically defense condition three is where we're at now. It's, it's not the best. Five is like there's not a care in the world. Four is like DEFCON 4. Well, yeah, maybe we got some problems. Three is we have some problems and we should, we should be ready to mobilize them. 
a day or so. DEFCON 2, that's scary. It's only happened once, 1963, Cuban Missile Crisis. That's when all hell breaks loose, or is about to. DEFCON 1, well, you'll never see it. Or if you do, kaboom. And so, I, I don't know what he's talking about. If you're going to go DEFCON on Jews, you, you want to go at least a two or a one, not a three. Very weird. It, the fact that he's black makes it interesting. You don't hear that much, except from like those weird fuckers, those black Hebrew Israelites. But I hate Jews. They hate us. They hate, they hate whites. Fucking weird fuckers. But uh, I used to have fun in New York City, like rapping out with them, trying to figure out what makes their, you know, what tickles their craw, so to speak. And I never figured it out. It was big, black, angry prison motherfuckers. But Kanye West doesn't really fit the bill. And so someone probably did him dirty in a business deal. And like all people in America, we know Jews are overrepresented in the entertainment business. Uh, he's doing it because his his girl got hit. A uh, Jew fucked his girl. Pete Davidson's a Jew. The dude who snatched Kim from him was a fucking Jew. That's why he's going after Jews, Fink. What he works in. Not a business Banking. Dude. Media. So forth. But what's hilarious is, so J.P. Morgan sends him a letter and says, Hey, we're no longer going to be your bank. You got like a month. Get the fuck out of here. Go find somewhere else to bank. And so the very thing that Yi was talking about with Jews, which was, you know, their dominance and over-representation over in almost all facets of commerce, actually, you know, was proven true when they kicked them out of a, a bank. Now, in Germany, in some countries in Europe, you can't do that based on politics. A couple of weeks ago, PayPal wanted to do a thing where if you violate their TOS, you know, terms of service, and um, they could find you $2,500. And immediately people were like, what the fuck? Who the fuck are you? And they backtracked and said, oh, it was a mistake. It shouldn't have shown up in the, the revised TOS. Bullshit. When these people overreach, they don't even know they're overreaching. They have no idea what boundaries are. They don't know. And then when there's so much pushback, they're like, oh, oh, just kidding, it was a mistake, corporate policy mistake, man, you know, they don't know what, the, they will, they will, what, point is, they will go and go and go and go and push as far as you let them. So, you know, like when Sarah Silverman says, I'm glad we killed Christ, or Jews wrote out your Christmas music, there's no backlash, it's just a fucking thing. But I noticed, and, uh, a piece of advice after this on her Twitter she's like why is it only Jews that raise these issues everyone else there's deafening silence now that reminds me of the Bibi Yahoo speech at the UN who's like deafening silence no one did anything you know and that's probably where she got it because that's how Jews roll they kind of repeat the same narrative blah 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 but um Someone gave me an idea a couple of days ago that we should jump on board, hogpile, if you will. Thank you, Straight Raw. On this Kanye West thing and infiltrate black culture circles. Be like, man, Kanye's a shit. These Jews are fucking him up. 
and just kind of stir the pot. But after going on my Twitter, we don't have to. Don't do a fucking thing, in my opinion. The Jews are already doing it. You got Jamie Lee Curtis. My father was a Jewish actor. If one fucking rapper can say something stupid like Death Con 3, I don't know what the fuck that means. I'm going to go on Death Con 3 on Jews tomorrow. That's not even a thing. It's a defense condition. Meaning, I'm going to be defensive. It's fucking stupid. It's a stupid, stupid thing that I don't even think he understands, which is not his fault. I mean, let's face it. He might be a billionaire, but he's still black. I don't even know if he's a billionaire. I don't care. I fucking hate I hate pop culture rap shit. But um, I like this. Some people are naming him. Some people that even I thought would be completely immune. But it turns out a billionaire, famous rapper, who married Kardashian, who changed his name to fucking Yee, is not allowed to talk about Jews. And all the Jews lined up kicked off of like Instagram, I don't know if Twitter style lets it back on or not. Doesn't matter. The more attention it gets, the better. If you look at what he said, people are like, my, how did he get kicked out of JP Morgan Bank? That's weird. Why is PayPal trying to, to find people 2500 which they had to resend? These people are terrified. You know why? Because there's a lot of yees. People like me talking about them because it's really obvious who runs almost all our dominant industries of culture and social institutions in the United States and Western Europe. We know. We absolutely know. And because we know, expect blowback from them. A lot of it. Who gives a fuck if you get kicked off of social media? Stay off of there anyways. You know, just in like 10 minutes of like poking around Twitter, you know that? to find comments when that 10 minutes turns into like two hours of me shit posting it is a black hole we got real work to do guys have a good day all right there it is family we're gonna get on out of here now uh real quick before we get out of here i want to say thank you to everybody who is uh Subscribe to the channel, become membership, uh, become members of the channel, subscribed, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. Bought a membership to the to the Odyssey page. I appreciate it. Thank you to Black Pill, Heathen, Chain Reaction, Beefy, Rock Against Communism, and White Shadow. Good looking out, guys. I really appreciate that. Guys, I have got to get out of here. Night Nation, I'm sorry, brother. Go go over there and hang out with Night Nation, guys. Uh, he does a great show. Uh, he's got great shows coming up tomorrow. He's got Potato Smasher and his wife, Michael McKevitt and Mrs. McKevitt. And then next week, he's also got Warren and Balo and Emily, uh, Warren and Emily Balo. So big shows coming up for Night Nation. Thank you all very, very much for being here. Finkelstein, thank you very much for the, the thing. I disagree with you on the Kanye thing, though. Uh, I've posted videos and stuff about it. <laughs> Fuck it, nigger. You guys have a great night. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. One people, one struggle. God bless y'all family. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you, I'm out.
sinners find us, we won't hide. They'll come loud and they'll come fast. We shoot first and we can last. Keep your rifle by your side. Sing in, oh Lord, this earth was made for us. Sing in, oh Lord, this sinful life just ain't enough. So we'll take a stand, cause we must protect our land. Keep your Day and they'll come night, they'll have our children in their sights. But if they don't have faith, their eyes are blind. They can scream. 